Well, a bunch of bad bounces and a really, really weird game overall. But look, the Canucks battled back to steal a point against the Washington Capitals, a team who was very good, and uh, and they earned a point. They blew it in OT, and they, they got scored on late, but on that Canucks power play, especially it continues to be an issue, but they got a point. Vegas loses, a bunch of good stuff happens for the Canucks, and they inch a little bit closer. Again, it's not the result the Canucks wanted, but let's be honest, it was a very fun hockey game. As always, we will break it down. We'll go over the good, the bad, the ugly. There was a bit of everything tonight. It was Thatcher Demko for the Canucks, Vitek Vanacek in net for the Capitals. Uh, the first period, the Capitals were all over it early. Uh, they were so dangerous early, a two-on-one that Demko had to make a solid save on, but then they end up scoring first, about five and a half minutes in, the puck goes around the glass, hits the stanchion or the Zamboni door or something, and kicks right in front of the net while Demko's expecting it to go around. So he slides over to the other side, and it hits Kuznetsov, who doesn't even see it coming, and it hits him and goes in. Uh, super unlucky start for the Canucks. So it's one nothing, and then right after, Hoaglander takes a penalty in the offensive zone, which you can't do, and then Ovechkin rips it off the post, Kuznetsov smacks it in off the goal line. And just like that, in a span of about 43 seconds, the Washington Capitals have a two nothing lead, uh, and it's a it's a thing where the Canucks, you know, have done a really good job at times where they've been outplayed, but they survive through it and then they push back hard. Uh, here they got outplayed and they got a really unlucky goal against. They get the second goal against, and it's looking pretty bad. And basically, they're at the point where they cannot allow another goal. They need to score the next one. Um, Demko is forced to rob uh, McMichael alone in front off of a bounce off of an official this time. Uh, crazy unlucky start for the Canucks. And then uh, Matthew Highmore loses an edge and goes hard into the boards. He only missed one shift, luckily. Yuha uh, Lamico almost scores, goes between the legs, but it sits on the goal line and the Capitals clear it. That was one the Canucks needed. Uh, and the Canucks go to the power play late in the first period. One of two chances that they'll get on the night uh, because Dowd cross-checked Mott in the numbers. And it is absolutely atrocious. They do nothing. I don't know if they had a shot on that first power play. I bet I can find out really quickly. Um, no, wait. I don't know. I can't tell. Uh, it wasn't. It, it was. It was terrible. They didn't actually. No, they didn't get a shot. I, I'm very. I'm almost certain of it. They didn't get a shot on that first power play. Uh, it was very, very bad. Um, then OEL gets called for a hook on TJ Oshie. Now this was the. Whoa, my chair just fell. Uh, this was the most odd part of this game. Um, basically, it's a play where they come in down the wing. Uh, OEL tries to tie up TJ Oshie. Uh, he gets called for a hook, and then Oshie's stick hits Brad Hunt in the face. Now, there's a wrinkle in the NHL rulebook where a high-sticking penalty, if it is called a four-minute penalty on the ice, not a two, it's got to be a double minor, a four-minute penalty, then it can be reviewed. But in this review, not only can they reduce it to two minutes, they can also eliminate the penalty entirely. Now, the weird thing about this is, first off, let's let's talk about this rule as a whole, because that's, that's silly. This is the only rule in the NHL other than major penalties, but it is the only rule in the NHL where a penalty can be taken completely off the board upon a review. No other penalty has this. Delay of games don't have it. That's one that you'd think would be a pretty obvious one to implement it on. Regular high-sticking penalties. If it's a two-minute call, they don't review it. But if it's a four-minute, they do. Now, major penalties, they can review those and bring them down to a minor, but they still can't take it completely off the board. High-sticking penalties, to my knowledge, 
four minute high sticking paddles are the only things they can do this for. And they do. And it's because Hunt lifted the stick of Oshie into his own face. Now, the other wrinkle here is that the NHL's wording uh, in the rule book uh, doesn't say anything about overturning a call because a player lifted an opponent's stick. It's only if it was the stick of the person um, or only if it was their own stick is it allowed to be rescinded, right? So if Oshie had high-sticked himself, then they would have rescinded it. But since Hunt, but they also did it since Hunt did it, which not, I don't think they're supposed to because the rulebook doesn't say that because uh, there's the whole control your own stick thing. I don't know. It was a complete mess. Um, meanwhile, the Oliver ekman Larson hook looked to be holding the stick uh, by Oshie in the first place, and it's a, it's a complete mess. Uh, and it just brings back memories of the Tyler Mott thing when Tyler Mott's stick got slashed out of his own hands and then it twirled in the air and hit another guy. And that couldn't be reviewed because it was only a two minute, not a four minute. It's so arbitrary and I don't understand it. Either review everything or review nothing. Just be consistent. It's such a stupid, weird, arbitrary thing. Either way, the Canucks killed this penalty off and we go to the end of the period. Shots are 11-8 to Washington. Uh, second period, there's no scoring, but some stuff did happen. There's an excellent first shift from Hoaglander, Garland, and Pedersen. A couple of excellent chances. They can't get it to go. Garland had a good chance on the backhand that goes over the net. Highmore uh, tipped a Lamico shot, but I think it hit Besser's skate. Uh, or that might have been a different one. By the way, Vanacek made a save. Demko robs TJ Oshie with a glove. Uh, so this period scoreless. Canucks are down 2-0 going to the third period. And under Bruce Boudreaux, we have seen this Canucks team battle in third periods. Uh, they, they've come into third periods down a goal, down two goals, and they've come back and won these games. Four times this year of the Canucks entered a, sec or entered a third period down uh, and won. Two of those times they were down by two. And they start off with a great shift, a minute in the offensive zone. And it ends up being a Quinn Hughes shot from the point off the leg of Backstrom and in. So it's 2-1 and we have a game. And the Canucks just build on that momentum. And eventually, Eller gets a penalty for sticking the leg out on Pedersen. Now, I was I was complaining about the officiating uh, on that whole Oshie Hunt OEL thing. This is not a good call, I didn't think. I it, like Eller sort of went for the hip check and, and Petey went more around him and sort of like they clipped legs. It was pretty weak, uh, but the Canucks had a power play and a huge shot gets tipped by Bo. That's the one that hits Besser skate. And then Horvat rips the shot from the pass from JT Miller over the shoulder of Vanacek. And just like that, we are tied. Uh, and it is a, it is a heck of a hockey game tied at two. And the Canucks continue to buzz. Their momentum is everything right now. And right at the five minute mark, it's a prolonged active shift in the offensive zone. A Quinn Hughes shot gets stopped. The rebound sits there. Horvat just casually puts it on the backhand, slides it into the open net for his 20th of the season, his second goal in a minute and 40 seconds. Uh, and the Canucks have their first lead of the hockey game with 15 minutes to play. And for this Canucks team, that's a good place to be. With a goalie like Thatcher Demko, uh, you want to be up a goal with 15 minutes to play. You have a pretty good chance. Uh, but with about six minutes to play, Tyler Myers gets called for a high hit on Kuznetsov. Uh, he goes and and he shoulder to the head. It's a penalty. Kuznetsov might have milked it a little bit, uh, but but they call it a, a checking to the head penalty. And it's unfortunate because Tyler Myers is is eight feet tall, but you still you still can't put your shoulder into people's heads. It doesn't matter. It's not their fault that you're taller than them, right? Um, something that Myers just can't be doing. And honestly, other than that, Myers had a great game. Uh, so I'm not, you know, I'm not hating on too much here. Now, here's the interesting thing right after this Kuznetsov scores his third of the night for the hat trick, uh, a rebound in front. Uh, it was after a failed clearance from the zone and the pucks in front of the net and the Canucks are unable to clear the front of that. And Kuznetsov from basically behind the net pulls it into the net. So it's three, three 
But the interesting thing was here, look, there was a it was a hit to the head called on Myers. Kuznetsov was down for about 10 seconds or so, maybe a little longer to uh, until the penalty was called. Uh, where's the concussion spotter here, right? Am I crazy? Uh, and I saw some people talking about it on Twitter. Um, but if someone gets a, a shoulder directly to the head and they called it a check to the head, it's not like they were like, oh, it was a it was a boarding call or, or roughing or something. Like, no, they, they announced it over the intercom as a check to the head. Um, and the player was down on the ice for 10 seconds. You'd think that would be like, oh, hey, we've had concussion issues in the past that have led to a lot of lawsuits. This is one of those times where we got to take the guy out. But they don't, and he scores. <laughs> uh, didn't miss a shift, by the way. Uh, so that's that's one of those things where I just I, I don't I don't understand the the NHL's stance on some of these things. They don't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, but either way, because uh, Netsov earned it. He's got his third goal of the night. I mean, he didn't earn the first one, but he's earned two goals uh, in this one. Uh, and it's three three. Uh, so we go. We you know five minutes to go. Uh, Canucks get a power play. Oliver Ekman Larson a great pinch. Besser gets tripped in the slot by Sherry. Three minutes to play. Canucks in the power play. They get a lot of zone time and no shots. It is they've had three penalties in this or three power plays in this game. The first one and the third one were absolutely atrocious. The second one was great. Uh, they had a couple of shots and a goal. The first one and the third one were complete wastes of time. So we go to overtime. The Canucks get first possession off a good penalty or off a good faceoff. Sorry. And they go into the offensive zone. You know, they do the couple, you know, take a couple laps, get possession. They go into the zone and they get a little bit greedy. Quinn Hughes tries to win a battle along the board instead of maybe turning back and, and having someone as a, as a release valve, right? Patterson could have left the zone. Hughes could have played it back or done something. Um, he could have, he's could have tried to fire it around to Patterson and, and he can go to the far wall. Um, but instead he tries to win the battle. He gets beat. Uh, and it's a two on one the other way. Patterson or Hughes tries to take out Carlson and it ends up being Lars Eller on a breakaway. He goes five hole and it's four, three, the final, uh, and the Canucks who had that game in their grasp just managed to fumble it away at the last moment. But, uh, one point still in this one, my pluses, my minuses, let's go over these. Uh, we'll start with the pluses. Cause I do have quite a few of them here. Uh, first big plus, uh, was the other things that happened around the league today. Vegas losing in regulation 5-2 to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, the Canucks are now, after this game, have one game in hand and are three points back of Vegas. Now, Vegas is a team that can turn it on at a moment's notice, but they have not had goaltending anymore. They're, they're, you know, Leonard has fallen apart. Um, Mark Stone is out of the lineup. Jack Eichel doesn't seem to be clicking too well yet. Uh, so until Eichel clicks... This is the chance for the Canucks to maybe try to catch up to Vegas of all teams, which I, you know, two weeks ago, I would have said that was impossible, but Vegas has really fallen apart in the last 14 days or so. Also, Winnipeg loses. That's not a team that the Canucks should be too concerned about because they're, you know, they, they got to stay ahead of Winnipeg and a couple others, uh, but it does help the fact that the Islanders beat them. Um, so either way, good out of town scoreboard for the Canucks tonight. Uh, another plus is the first Washington goal. And you might say, how was that a plus? It went off the stanchion and was a free goal, basically, for them. Because uh, it wasn't a mistake, right? There, no no one did anything wrong on this goal, right? That that first Kuznetsov goal. It was unlucky, right? Plain as simple. It went off the boards. It hit, went off the glass. It hit Kuznetsov and went in, and he didn't even see it. Um, so the Canucks really, um, they allowed two power play goals in this game. Uh, the Kuznetsov second goal, the Kuznetsov third goal. Uh, those were goals that were preventable by them. The first one wasn't really. So, you know, I'm not too too worried about that. They may, and, and again, Demko gets scored on four times tonight, but this one should not count toward his stats. Um, so that's why that one's sort of a plus uh, in that case. Um, 
the bounce back. The third period bounce back was huge. Coming into the third period, down two goals, and to put out that level of effort, that level of grit, and to go out and score three goals in a span of four minutes and two seconds is absolutely astonishing. We have seen it a lot under Bruce Boudreau. Um, you'd like them to see it, pick it up maybe a little bit more early in games, right? Maybe maybe don't allow the first goal so often. Maybe don't allow the second goal so often. Uh, and don't put yourself in these positions where you have to come back so much. Uh, but they did. They bounced back really well. And a big part of that is the captain, Bo Horvat, uh, who has been catching some heat, catching some strays potentially uh, for maybe lack of leadership. And the Canucks put out a great Bo Horvat mic'd up to me try to squash some of that. Uh, comes out, gets two huge goals, the game tying goal and the, and the goal to take the lead uh, with 15 minutes to go. A really solid game from Horvat getting a two goal night, getting up to 20 goals in the season, basically a 30 goal pace. Uh, are we going to be complaining about Bo Horvat if he's got 30 goals this season? I don't think so. I think that would be pretty good. Um, speaking of uh, leadership and guys putting up points, JT Miller gets two more assists tonight. That's 11 games point streak with 23 points across those 11 games. He is just rocketing up uh, the scoring race, uh, which is awesome. And I, I have, I'm falling off the JT Miller train a little bit, folks. He is just too good. But uh, we'll talk about that more in Canucks After Dark on Monday. Uh, and Quinn Hughes also getting two assists tonight, both second assists. So it's not like he's making a, a huge impact, but then he also scored that goal. So a three point night for Quinn Hughes, um, which you just love to see. He's also racking up points, right? He's got 40, uh, 48 points this year now. Um, so he's on pace for what, like 60 points uh, for a defenseman to get 60 points. I think you are pretty happy. There were some minuses in this game, but honestly, I think the Canucks really hung with a, a really good Washington team. Uh, it was a physical game. Uh, they they definitely had some some issues. I think they probably ought to play it. I'm going to pull up uh, natural stat trick here and just take a look at expected goals. Expected goals, uh, 58% for Washington. So not a huge discrepancy. 3.1 to 2.3. Uh, that's not crazy. You know, they got outplayed, and I think that was fair from what we saw on the ice. But uh, I don't think there was too much to be too unhappy with uh, for the Vancouver Canucks in this one. Um, except for penalty kill. Penalty kill is bad. They allowed two goals. Um, you know, they go, they go, oh, for actually they didn't, they did kill one. So they go one for, they go one for three on the penalty kill and they go one for three on the power play. One for three on the power play is fine, except they spent four power play minutes completely wasting time. Um, and, uh, they allowed two goals on three shots, uh, on the three Washington power plays, uh, which is unfortunate, right? And that ends up being kind of the difference in this game. You know, it's a one goal game. Both teams got three penalties. Usually penalties are pretty even in the NHL and the Canucks special teams were worse. And that ends up being, you know, uh, a three, three game instead of a three, two game potentially. Um, so that's something that the Canucks still need to clean up as they continue to have the worst penalty kill in the league. Uh, and that overtime was bad. You know, they, they get possession early uh, and they keep possession and they do absolutely nothing with it. They completely waste it. They eat it into the boards and they give the puck up. The Capitals go the other way and score. Uh, you, you just can't, you can't give up that odd man rush like that. Uh, you got to keep possession and at least get a shot on net with that possession. All right. That's it for my thoughts. Let's go to the people as I refresh myself here. What do we got? We're 15 and a half minutes in pull up the comment machine and we'll see what you guys have to say. Scrolling up, scrolling up, scrolling up. 
Uh, Dimitri saying that uh, Myers keeps getting called for high hits, mostly due to his height, I think. That is fair. He is tall. Uh, the call tonight was brutal and costly. He should master the hip check. Yeah, he needs to get lower. Um, it's it's tricky because you're always taught growing up, you know, hit shoulder to shoulder. But, you know, when your shoulder is is that much higher than the other guy's shoulder, it's it's kind of difficult. Yeah. Um, again, I'm not I'm not going to be too upset. I think Tyler Myers played a pretty good game tonight. Um, he played 22, you know, over, over 22 minutes, had five hits, I guess, including that one. Um, uh, but yeah, he, he can't be taking those penalties, um, in a, in a tight game like that. Um, Hoaglander saying it was a good game. I'll take the point, I guess. Uh, Gmod saying great game. One more point. Well earned. Justin saying big point regardless. And that is a, uh, a big, um, sentiment with this game is it was an awesome game because it really was. Uh, it was a fun game. It was physical. There was high energy. There were stretches where there would be no whistles for like five minutes and things were going back and forth, nonstop action. Um, and then the Canucks battling back in the third period really made this game fun. Uh, and, and Rogers arena was, was popping off. We had, we had Jason Bruff doing the little, doing the little claps, which was fun. Uh, which I, which were hilarious. Um, they just didn't go uh, the Canucks way, but Hey, they got a point. And going to overtime doesn't hurt too much when you're against a team from the Eastern Conference. Um, let's see here. Sam Wu saying the last five minutes of regulation and overtime were hard to watch, but this team has earned the right to push for the playoffs. My vote is to keep Miller and let this team play. Yeah, I'm getting into that that point too. And and I remember I was saying, you know, well, do you just trade Miller now because he's at his maximum value? Uh, you're not making the playoffs this year. And he is going to be a really valuable piece uh, for some other team. But I think this team has earned a, earned a shot. And it might hurt the team down the road. But this is a team that has been playing, you know, since Boudreaux came in. They've been in like a top five team in the NHL, at least, you know, in the standings. Um, so, yeah, let them, let them play. I think that's, I think that's fair. Um, yeah, he's he's been so, so good. And I think... I think at this point, if you were to trade him, you'd have to get a haul. Like it would have to be a, it would be a, an unreal huge trade because we're literally talking about a top 10 score in the NHL right now, right? We're talking about a guy who's on an 11 game point streak, who is just racking up points. He's got 67 points. Is this even updated for tonight? I don't know if this is even updated. He might have 69 points now. Yeah. I think it's 69 points now in 57 games. That's crazy. He has one point. He's a couple points back of Ovechkin. Um, any team would would have to pay uh, not even an arm and a leg, but both arms and both legs for JT Miller at this point. Um, Jazz Crunch saying this is probably the worst way to lose, winning with five minutes left and a power play to win the game, but end up losing an OT. Hey, it's not the worst way to lose because they could have just lost this game 2 nothing and not gotten a point out of it, and it would have been very boring. It was at least a fun game. They made it interesting, and they got a point. Uh, definitely not the worst way to lose. Um, uh, Kai saying, I get Bruce's thing about uh, PD being able to drag a line, uh, as in carry a line, uh, makes players better, but at some point he needs some real skilled wingers. I'm glad he stacked lines in the third. Yeah, stacking lines in the third worked. And I mean, you look at the guys who were involved, the three goals Hughes, Miller, Pedersen, Horvat, Miller, Hughes, Horvat, Hamannick, Hughes. Okay, Hamannick's an exception there. Um, yeah, it, it's the big players when you need them, uh, getting things done. Stacked lines in the third. It means I don't know if Hoaglander even saw the ice after the second period. I don't think he did. He played under eight minutes tonight. That's unfortunate. 
Um, Vasily Podkolzin played 11 minutes. Highmore played just under 10. Um, that's not ideal, but when you're down, you, you play your best players because uh, it's one period. So why not? Um, let's see here. Uh, Manuel saying Kuznetsov had the weakest hat trick in NHL history. <laughs> Kinda. Yeah. That, that first one was, a was, was very odd. I will definitely say that. Let's see here. Um, King Kenny saying, do you think the caps third goal is goalie interference? No, I think, uh, I think Backstrom got cross-checked right into the crease. I think that was fine. Um, let's see here. Jasker saying, Parker, we still got a point. We needed the two points. I think the officiating was the problem in this game. No, the stanchion was the problem in this game uh, to start with because uh, that really screwed the Canucks. And look, if that goal doesn't happen, this is probably a completely different game. Uh, also, the Canucks were the worst team technically, right? Like you, you watch the game and they were genuinely the slightly worse hockey team. Maybe not by a lot. Uh, and I don't know what the money puck deserved to win meter was, but I would imagine it was probably 60-40 in favor of Washington. Uh, I, I think Washington played a, a slightly better hockey game. Uh, did the officiating make an impact? Sure. But did it change the game in a way that it went the way it probably shouldn't have? I don't think so. Uh, so I, I think the Canucks could have played better. They have played better recently. You know, we look back at that game against Toronto. Uh, they played better. Um, we look back at that game against Montreal on Wednesday. They played better. Uh, not that I watched that game, but I'm assuming cause they won. Um, this game, they, they, they played fine, but there were real stretches where they didn't. Right. I mean, you look at the last five minutes of the third period and the first seven minutes of the first period were all capitals. Um, this team needs to put a full 60 minutes together. And then we can talk about, you know, games getting hurt by officials. You want to talk about teams getting hurt by officials. Um, what was it? Was it, was it Toronto that had the, the crazy, uh, where the, the, the obvious hold that like, went missed and then they scored an OT winner right after was that last night? Like that's, that's the kind of thing that's like, Oh, officiating costs you games. Officiating can have an impact, but it's not costing the Canucks this game. Uh, in my opinion. Um, let's see here. Do, 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 do. Uh, Agam saying we had chances to win, especially that late power play sucks, but a great point. Nonetheless. Yep. That power play was there for the taking and they didn't use it very well. Um, let's see here. What else do we have? Jaskran also saying the Canucks are very good at coming back in the third period. Now we never saw this under Travis green. Yeah. When this game was two nothing early, um, my immediate thought was next goal probably wins. Right. Because I think if, if Washington makes it three, nothing, I think it's over. Right. Uh, but if the Canucks make it two one, I think they're going to claw their way back and probably take it. And I was pretty close. Um, it took a while, you know, it took another 35 minutes for the next goal to happen. Uh, but when the Canucks did get that next goal, they piled it on and scored a couple, uh, and made it, you know, made it three, three, two, uh, and almost took this game. Um, Gus hadn't a good, had a good week, got to go to the game in Toronto and got your Jersey signed by Bo. Nice. Uh, spent a few days in Vancouver. So the other win versus Montreal. That's awesome. Good for you. That's fun. Uh, and I'm also saying it's very refreshing, uh, knowing whatever the score is, we're never out of the game. Yeah, that is true. Except that five, nothing one, that one, they were kind of out of the game. Even then they almost made it interesting. Um, that is very true though. What else do we have here? The elder saying, if we can get to the playoffs and play Calgary, it will go seven games. I'm going to be honest with you. 
Uh, it's, I highly doubt that Calgary is so strong, uh, right now. They are, uh, an excellent team defensively. They are, they're playing really good hockey. I mean, they took out the lightning yesterday. Uh, they got beat by the capitals though. Same as the Canucks did. Um, but man, Calgary is a, uh, Calgary's got a really, really strong team, uh, right now. Um, Agam saying, what do you think we have to do during the rest of the homestand to make up some ground? So we look at the games. Let's, let's take a look. So the Canucks have five more games on this homestand. They've got three out of a possible four points so far. That's a pretty good start. Um, they get the lightning on Sunday. That's going to be tough. Um, and I imagine that like if they pull that one off, that's huge. Um, but I wouldn't get your hopes too high on it, but there are some must wins here. There's the game against the devils. That's a, basically a must win, right? It's a, it's a team that is worse than you. You need those points. The Red Wings, basically, you know, those are, that's an opportunity to get some points. You, you want to win that one. The Flames, again, tough team, but divisional team, those games are usually pretty close. You know, maybe they can get something going there. The Sabres on, on the, you know, next Sunday, again, you want to win that game. It's tough. It's a back-to-back, um, but you want to win that game. So if we're looking at these five games, and the Canucks are are so far 1-0-1 on this homestand. And I think I said coming into the homestand, if they went 4-2-1, they'd still be in the mix. And that would leave them having to go 3-2 the rest of the way. Which would be, you beat the Devils, you beat the Red Wings, you beat the Sabres, and you lose to the Lightning and the Flames. And there's your road trip that sort of keeps you in it. Now, if you can take a point out of another game, let's say you go 3-1-1, uh, or maybe four and one, then things are looking really good. But if they fall apart a little bit here, let's say they, you know, they lose the next couple of games, they start to fall down. They're really dependent on other teams at this point. Uh, so I think, you know, if the Canucks can go three and two in the next five, that would be okay. But you want them to uh, ideally get maybe seven points out of these next five games. Uh, Victoria saying, who'd you like for us to try to get by the trade deadline? Also, how was Disneyland? Uh, Disneyland was fantastic. Thank you for asking. Uh, who would we like, who would I like us to get at the deadline? I don't know if they're going to do anything. We've been hearing a lot of talk, uh, over the last at least two days or so. Uh, I think Pierre Dorian said it, uh, and I saw some other tweets about it, that chatter is really low around the NHL trade wise. Um, not a lot of teams are looking to make, or are like making moves or like chatting and, and planning moves out. There's a real possibility the Canucks do nothing on deadline day, um, which is a little scary, but it's, it seems to be very possible. I don't think they should be going out to add any pieces though. Uh, unless you may be going, if they win the next five games and then it'll be the trade deadline, then maybe you can add a small piece just, just for fun. Um, because then, you know, you win the next five games and you're, you're in a playoff spot. Um, but that's unlikely. And I, I don't think they're going to be adding any big pieces. Uh, let's see here. Uh, elder saying, what will be the keys to beating the lightning? Uh, I mean, you gotta score a lot of goals. Vasilevsky's so good. Um, I don't know. I, <laughs> I think the Canucks just need to keep doing what they're doing. They need to keep playing a complete game. They need to stop taking off these periods of like five to 10 minutes, right? A lot of the time we've seen the Canucks go 10 minutes without a shot or just five minutes of the opposing team, just in having them in their zone. I think the Canucks just need to not do that. And again, it's obviously way easier said than done. 
Um, but that that's a big a big part in my eyes. Um, I think anything if you get a point against the Lightning, that's gravy uh, at this point. Um, let's see here. Uh, Agam also saying, I don't know what system Bruce deploys, but at four times the check, four check is, res- uh, the man at times, the four check is ridiculously good. I, yeah, you're right. Uh, there were some times where, uh, the Canucks just weren't letting the other team out of the zone. Um, really, really good four check, especially from that Mott line. Uh, I thought Hoaglander had some good four checking at times as well. Um, yeah, the four check was really, really good tonight. Uh, Jaskran saying, if we have a couple more games against Vegas, we can get points out of those games. We realistically have more games in hand. Got to capitalize on those games. So, yes, that is true. The Vancouver Canucks play three games in nine days against Vegas. Uh, Maybe ten days, I guess you'd call it. So, three days in a ten-game span against Vegas in April. April 3rd, April 6th, and April 12th. Two of those games are home games for the Canucks, the 3rd and the 12th. If it, if a team takes all three of those, it's over. If the Canucks take all three of those, that's likely, you know, again, we don't know where they're going to be in the standings a month from now. They could fall apart. They could go on a run. But those could be very, very crucial hockey games. The Canucks don't have that many other, like, games against teams that they're in the mix with here. They've got one against the Stars uh, in the end of April. Uh, actually, they have two more against Dallas. Uh, so those ones might be important, but like they don't play Nashville anymore. Uh, I don't think they play. Uh, they don't play Edmonton to the last game of the season. Um, but the but that Vegas set is going to be very, very important. Uh, let's see what else uh, is on here. Gus saying, hey, at least we weren't the team that Ovechkin scored his milestone goal against. They almost were, but they weren't. I agree. That was a good plus. Um, let's see here. Do, 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 do. Calvin saying, imagine how much more defensively stable this team would be if we kept Tanev. We'd probably be in a playoff spot, to be honest. Uh, an RHD top tier defenseman is what we need. Here's the thing. Hindsight is 2020. When they let Tanev go, the idea was he's never played a full season. And that was in his twenties. Now he's going to be into his thirties. He's going to be injured most of the time. Luckily for the Flames, and luckily for Chris Tanev, that hasn't happened. He has played every single game for the Calgary Flames over the last two seasons, which he never did for the Canucks. Actually, I guess 2019-20 he did. So he hasn't missed a game in like three years. But that's a fluke, right? Because the year before that, 2018-19, he played 55 games. The year before that, he played 42. The year before that, he played 40 or 53. So the last three years before, you know, the COVID shutdowns and things like that, he wasn't playing. He was only playing just over half a season. So, you, yeah, sure, you need a right-handed top-tier defenseman, but you also need one that's in the lineup a lot. Uh, and that's why they, they didn't go that way. All right, what else do we got? Tales of Symphonia saying, who are we trading out at this rate without really shaking up the vibe in the locker room? Halak and Chason? Yeah, again, you mentioned Halak as being unlikely to wave, but yeah, I don't think that happens. I think Chason would be a guy that probably wouldn't shake things up too much, although I don't know what you'd get for him. Excuse me. I don't know. It's really tough. 
you know, we, we talk about guys who are sort of at the forefront of the list. Tyler Myers name has been brought up over the last couple of days, apparently. Um, but a guy like Tyler Mott is sort of the, like the obvious, if the Canucks are going to miss the playoffs, he's like the obvious trade piece because he's going to command, you know, a lot of money uh, and a decent amount of term. Um, and I say a lot of money, I'm talking like two and a half million dollars, which is a lot for a fourth liner, um, who's playing third line minutes fair. Um, but it's a lot of money, uh, for that player. Um, but yeah, trading him would, would probably take a lot out of this team because he is a huge part of it. Uh, so that's a very fair point. If management sort of has to make the decision of, do we think that this team has earned a shot? And I personally think they have. But I don't know if it's best for the long-term future to give them that shot. But also, if you don't give them that shot, the, the t- players on the team probably resent you. And then, I don't know. It's so it's so tricky because you have to balance uh, the players and the, the future and the egos and all these things go into it. Um, that I think it's very unlikely that, or it's very likely that just nothing happens over the next week and a half is my is my thought jasker saying we're getting tampa on a back-to-back so we might get elliot on sunday does that make our odds better it does <laughs> it, it's not like oh does it like oh how much of a difference does it make it's probably a huge difference uh brian elliot how is he doing this year brian elliot has a 907 which is good um but it is not the 917 that vasilevsky has um so yeah that i didn't know that it's a back-to-back for tampa bay um but that does really improve the canucks odds um and it probably makes that game closer to a toss-up than it normally would be, when it would probably be like a 65-35 odds, in my opinion. Uh, Symphony also saying that Ryan Zingle, Dezingle, uh, got placed on waivers today. Uh, should the Canucks consider picking him up instead of Chase on? Probably not. Uh, I mean, Dezingle can't find a spot on the Sharks. Who He's played six games this year. Uh, I don't think he's got a lot of upside. He had a couple of good years, like five years ago, uh, but I I don't think uh, they I don't think you bother, to be honest. Um, let's see here. Uh, Agam saying any demon in the league to pair with Hughes, who would you take? Uh, Adam Fox or Cal McCarr? Just give me one of the best ones. Because it would be either of them. Could you imagine how fun that would be to watch? Uh, yeah, that's the, that's the easiest question ever. Uh, Angel Canucks saying next year Baines better be in the lineup. I doubt it. Look, you know he's a he's an overager in the NHL. Uh, he's been you know he's been very good, right? Uh, Eighty five points in fifty six games this year, thirty one goals, and I think he got another one tonight. Um, and obviously a great a great story, um, but hey, overagers put up a lot of points in the WHL. A lot, you know, twenty one year olds put up points in the WHL. I think he'll be a great piece in the AHL, uh, at least a solid one. Maybe he turns out to be something, but I don't think you're going to see him slotting into the NHL lineup uh, as early as next year. But I I love the signing. I think free assets are always good. Um, uh, let's see some talk about John Marino Agam brought up, and I, I saw it earlier, um, as well. Uh, yeah, apparently his name's being floated around in, uh, Pittsburgh circles and was sort of linked to the Canucks, uh, in a couple of tweets today that I saw, uh, on my way home. Um, 
John Marino would be a really good piece to add. Uh, he is a he is a really solid defenseman. I, I haven't looked at his sort of analytical uh, stats, but he he seems to be good from everything I've heard. Um, Fifty three percent Corsi, that's good. Uh, he's he's controlled contract for the next five seasons. Uh, right shot defenseman, kind of what the Canucks need. Uh, yeah, I could see them maybe going, or if they could go around like that, I think that would be a really solid piece. Uh, we'll see what they do though. Um, man, he got traded for a sixth by Edmonton to, uh, to Pittsburgh. That's crazy. Uh, what else was there? Uh, Jasker saying, uh, Cal McCarr, Adam Fox. Uh, I think I take the, the Norris winner, Adam Fox, but man, I'd be fine with either. Um, Nate coming from Washington saying good game. Glad your caps got the win, but the Canucks are a fun team to watch. It was a good game. It was genuinely a fun hockey game and that's all we can really ask for. Um, yeah, both teams are fun. Um, and the Canucks are just getting more fun, which is, which is very exciting. Um, oh, he refused to sign with Edmonton says John. Oh, what a jerk, but good on him for refusing to sign with Edmonton. I, I respect that a lot. Um, the elder is trying to sell Tyler Myers on every Leafs Sportsnet trade article, hoping I'm planting seeds. Canucks retain salary. Um, good luck. Honestly, I, I think Tyler Myers has positive value right now, like positive trade value. He's, he's a minute eater. He has actually been playing some pretty good hockey lately. Uh, and you look at some of these other contracts, you look at that wrist aligning contract that got signed. What was that yesterday? Two days ago, five by 5.1 million. $25.5 million contract for Ristolainen, who is terrible. Like, like just not, he's not a good defenseman. Um, you know, that Tyler Myers contract is looking pretty good at that point. I'm saying, would you rather be fun, but middle of the road or very good, but boring? So this is like the, uh, would you rather be, um, uh, like, I guess Edmonton, <laughs> Or, or like Toronto, right? Toronto is very good, but they're all, you know, the last couple of years, they, they were fun in the middle of the road. Um, but the obvious comparison is like the Babcock era team, Canada, like Sochi 2014 team, Canada, that was very good. And they won every game two to one. Um, and, and that was sort of their MO. Um, I would rather be very good, but boring. Um, the 2011 Canucks had some shades of that where they would just kind of sit around for two periods, be in a one, one game, go out and win it in the third pretty easily. Um, you know, they had some bo- they played boring hockey sometimes. Obviously there was flashes of brilliance. Um, but man, I, yeah, very good, but boring, I, I think is the, the obvious answer, but I'd rather be fun and very good, obviously. Um, all right. I think, we are going to wrap up there, folks. Thank you for joining me tonight. Uh, unfortunately, the Cox didn't get the win, but they did get a point, uh, which you will always take against the Washington Capitals, who are a, a heck of a hockey team. Um, you know, obviously uh, going to be in the playoffs where the Canucks uh, are still in the mix. Um, like I said, three points behind uh, the Golden Knights for a playoff spot. It, it's really that simple there. And I guess the... Uh, who has the other playoff spot? The pre, uh, the Stars have a playoff spot. The Canucks are two points back of them. They're in the mix. They're in the mix. This is going to be a fun little while. I'll be back Sunday. Canucks and Lightning. 
Um, games at seven. So I'll be on here on the same time as tonight. I hope you all have a good night. I'll talk to you later.